It's apparently time to hear from an educated melanin queen, wife, and boy mom, keeping it real about the joys and struggles of parenthood and marriage. Discover how to stay true to you while navigating your friendships, the single life, work life, your romantic relationships, and parenthood. Although you may gain some useful tips while listening to this podcast, please remember that this does not replace the support you'd receive from sessions with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of It's Apparently Time podcast, where I, your host, Hazel, will be keeping it real. For those of you listening for the first time, I just want to say welcome, and I hope that whatever stage you're in in your life, whether dating, single, married, pregnant, or just trying to be the best you, that you'll enjoy today's episode and decide to come back for more. Now to my regular listeners, thank you so much for your support. Please be sure to continue to share, subscribe, like, and leave your positive reviews. And if there's a topic you would like for me to discuss, you can send it to me on Instagram at It's Apparently Time. And that's I-T-S-A-P-A-R-E-N-T-L-Y-T-I-M-E. Or you can send me an email to it's apparently time at gmail.com. Lastly, for those of you who would like to make a donation towards the production and advancement of this podcast, go ahead and click the link that says support and know that your contribution is greatly appreciated. Okay, let's jump right into our conversation for today. It's February, which means that we are celebrating Love and Black History Month. And although I celebrate my blackness every single day, I also acknowledge the struggles that come along with being a person of color living in this country, the positives and the things that we are able to achieve and the love that we have and that, you know, black marriages do last and and black couples do know how to make it work. Um, But before we jump into that conversation for today, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about myself and what you can expect when you tune into this podcast. So today marks the start of season two, um, and this is episode one. So I just wanted to have this opportunity to, I guess, kind of reintroduce myself to you guys. So like I um, you know, have said before, my name's Hazel. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am currently licensed in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. I also own my own private practice, which I started about October of 2020. And here I see individuals and couples who are looking to gain some useful tools in order to have healthier and more satisfying lives. And you know, I'll share a little bit about what kind of led me down that path is, you know, when I became a first time mom about four years ago, it was difficult for me. That was a hard process, you know, with dealing with all the emotions and the responsibilities and the expectations and just trying to navigate it all. I had a really difficult time with that. So as a result of me searching and trying to find someone who looked like me, who could understand what my experience was like and not being able to find that, I was like, hey, I got to do something. I got to find a way to provide people with 
the support that they need during this major life transition. So hence the reason, you know, this was started. What you can expect when you tune in is honestly real conversations about these different aspects of our lives, relationships, uh, parenthood, marriage, dating. I mean, it all, in my head, it all kind of connects because everything kind of happens in stages. So you can't talk about one without talking about the other. Like you can't talk about being married without first talking about what it's like to date and what it is you should be looking for and how to kind of navigate that. And then when we think about that, I feel like the basics right at the foundation is yourself, loving yourself and being able to be comfortable with who you are prior to entering into a relationship and, you know, being a part of the process and and watching you guys grow together. I feel like it first starts with the love that you have for yourself. So yeah, we're definitely going to have real conversations about these various things that connect to, you know, these areas in our lives, boundaries, we're going to talk about it family conflict. We're going to talk about it. Feeling like you can't escape parenthood to just have a moment to like date and reconnect with your spouse. We're going to talk about it. Um, So I hope that you'll continue to, you know, tune in and that you're as excited or just as excited as I am for all that's in store. So what I want to do for today to kind of kickstart season two and to kickstart a celebration of love was kind of started off with myself and my husband. (laughs) Hello. Um, (laughs) So we have for this month, we have three other couples that will be kind of sharing their story. So every Tuesday, make sure that you come and you tune in for the new episodes. Uh, Next week, we have an amazing couple that I interviewed, Jeremiah and Fabiola. The interview and the conversation was just filled with lots of laughter, Um, you know, some helpful and useful information, especially if, you know, you've just gotten married or you're thinking about it, or you might be married with children and just kind of figuring out how to navigate that. We touched on quite a bit in that conversation. So definitely you want to make sure that you check out next week. But for today, Emilio and I are going to talk about kind of our journey, our love story. We'll discuss, you know, some of the difficult parts, but we're also going to really highlight the positives and the lessons that we've learned so far. So Emilio, <laughs> do you want to start it off just by kind of highlighting like how long we've been together, how, how long we've known each other? or? Yeah, I mean, we've been together for quite a bit. We went through college together, the after college life or whatnot, you know, and, you know, on our own or whatnot. And, you know, we're coming up on what? Is it seven years now? No. What? No, we've been, so we've been together for 10 years. What are you talking about? How long we've been married? Married. Oh, yeah. This year will be eight years. Are you sure? (laughs) Yes. We got married in... 2014. Yeah. Eight years. Last year was seven years. If it was 2014, 2020 was six. This is seven. This is seven years? Yes. I don't know why I feel like I've been married to you longer. Yeah. All right. Anyway, guys. So seven years, you know, married and then 10 plus just knowing each other, you know, from starting off at Oakwood, you know, college students at Oakwood, you know, and it's been and an amazing journey, a lot of ups and downs, but you know, I think we've seen each other grow into the people who we are today. And 
you know, I think that that, I think you guys will hear more of that as we answer these questions about, you know, our relationship, marriage and everything. Yes. So to clarify, we've been together for 10 years. A Valentine's Day will actually make 11 years that we've been together, but we've been married for six going on seven. Right. So I think a question that I love to ask him and I'm going to ask him today is <laughs> what initially attracted, what were you initially attracted to about me? Yes. I remember it. It's pretty clear. Like we were in, in college, in class, one of our um, shared classes that we had together. And intro to social welfare. It, yeah. It was intro <laughs> to social welfare. I'm just going to figure out how I'm going to, you know, start off, but. I mean, it was really, you know, we we really clicked as far as conversating and communicating with one another. Our, our conversations really went, you know, smoothly. There was a lot of back and forth. And I think that can to grow while we were in class. Like, I just ended up just gravitating more towards her, sitting near her even. And, um, you know, that's when my initial interest was, hmm, she's an interesting person, like, accent you know being from new york and you know i'm from the midwest and i think that's where it all really you know it all really started and i think hindsight is 2020 but it's funny you know there was a young lady who was there in the midst while me and her would talk a lot and everything i think she knew like early on like you know i'm really showing interest in hazel but I think the story goes that Hazel really didn't recognize like, <laughs> you know i was really hovering you know and, and really paying a lot of focused attention on Hazel while we were in college in class. And that's where the interest really started. Uh, and then she used to, she used to come in class too, with these like fly Jordan kicks dress. Well, you know, and that really, again, sparked my interest. Like, wow, she's a really put together, well put together young lady, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, that uh, young lady he's referring to is Murnell. I don't know if she, uh, will ever listen to it to this episode, but if she does, we're talking about. Well, he's talking about you, Marnell. The kicker is, is that in that class, there was someone else in that class that I was actually attracted to. I will not reveal their name, but they were in the class. So although Emilio had his eye on me, my attention was elsewhere, and I like I couldn't, like he said, I couldn't really see the fact that he was like throwing daggers <laughs> uh, at me with his attention. And even though we had that class together, I think like a year went by where we like we would see each other randomly on campus and we'll exchange like small words like, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? How's class? Are you going home for the holiday? Um, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> and then one year it was just so random. He had signed my yearbook that, you know, like the year we were in class together, a year goes by. In little ways it may come out and, and showing my attention or little things I might say, but I wouldn't be really forward with like, hey, I'm really interested in you, you know, and I want you to know that type of thing. So I was getting more mature in my interactions with and how I was going to be interacting with young lady. So, and then she texts me, like she said, it, I think the new year. And again, like, me coming out of the, the space that I was in for someone to be checking in on me, checking up with me, that meant a lot to me in that moment. She didn't know that. Like she didn't know that's, you know, God was doing and, you know, how he was working that out in that moment. But that meant a lot to me. And from there, it really continued to grow. You know, we started this 
his friendship, his bond. And and then randomly, I was like flipping through my yearbook and his, obviously he left his number in the back of it. And I just like text him. I was like, happy, I think, was it Christmas or New Year's? Yeah, it was around like the New Year. Yeah, it was some type of holiday around there. So I reached out and I was like, oh, happy New Year. You know, how's it going? How's your vacation? And then we just got to, you know, text him back and forth. And he's like, oh, I like you. And I'm like... Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, let me let me jump in. So yeah. even leading up to that, you know, I was in a really interesting space in my life. Like I was having, you know, I was really coming out of some some other past relationship that was pretty serious. And, uh, you know, God had brought me through that. And I was to a point finally where I was like, hey, you know, if, if something comes my way or, if, you know, a relationship comes my way, I won't like hide my feelings and how I feel like I was really in a different place in my life because up until that point, like if I was interested in a girl, kind of like how we were in class, like I wouldn't really say it. I might, you know, you know, as we got back to school, it was like, it, it continued to grow from there. We start spending more time together, be it in the library was our space. A lot of times at Oakwood, you know, or just different places around campus, you know, we were starting to be seen together, you know, going to AYs, going to church together, things like that. So it really began, that's when that friendship really, you know, began. Uh, and for me, like the feelings were really starting to come on already. Like, wow, I'm like really liking this young lady, you know, <laughs> but I haven't, I didn't, I didn't really come out that strong yet. Right. Yeah, until, no. I remember one time, and we laugh about this sometimes, one time we went to AY. So for those of you who are listening who don't know uh, what AY is or you didn't necessarily grow up in the church, it's, it's called the Adventist Youth Program. So at our school, we went to Oakwood University. It's a historically black college um, or now university. So every Friday night we had AY. And I remember our first time going to AY together. I don't think we were quite yet like uh, an item, like, oh, this is my girl, this is my uh, boyfriend or whatever. Mm -hmm. But we were kind of hanging around a lot. So it was pretty obvious that we both had mutual interest. And we sat down at AY and I promise you, Emilio sat like two people away from me. I'm like, why are you sitting so far? <laughs> I don't know if a part of it was like he was just nervous or anxious or like, he was just trying to really play it right. But we always kind of make jokes about that. Like he's, yeah. he didn't want to sit next to me, which is, you know, something but we I, laugh about. But I really did. Yeah. I really wanted to be really <laughs> close to her. <laughs> I, I think a part of it too is, you know, how, you know, being in the church and stuff, like going to a uh, Christian school is just, you know, it was really hyper-focused on the, you know, the look of it or whatnot. And, you know, instead of just being honest and like sitting next to her and, you know, so I was really kind of caught up in that in the moment, but I think we did become more serious around Valentine's day. Yeah. That's right. I asked you out. I, I, I read her, I made a poem and I, you know, at the end of the poem, I asked her, you know, would she be my girlfriend? And that's kind of really how it started. You know, I really love to write poetry. So for me, it was a big deal to write a poem trying to rhyme it, seeing all these, you know, very nice things about her, about, you know, our interactions. And then at the end, ask her out, that meant a lot to me. So, and for her to say yes, was even, it was, it was you know, the cherry on top. You know, it's funny uh, in the conversation I had with Lily and Nate, they talked about that. Like Nate used to write, 
to her and she was like, you know, now that we're married, like I still have the expectation that you write nice things for me, which is true, which is something that we'll get to in talking about like, how do you kind of keep that spark going in your relationship, in your marriage? Even if you've been together for five years, 10 years, 15 years, how do you kind of keep that going when like the responsibilities of life get real? Like working, paying bills, if you have kids, dealing with the kids and their needs. So we'll get to that in a little bit. So for you, Emilio, what do you feel was like that moment for you that let you know like, ooh, I think I want to settle down with her or she might be the one? I mean, I think there's so many different points where that starts to come out. But I mean, I think as we really started to grow and, you know, we became boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, we just started spending a lot more time together. Hazel really helped pull me out of, you know, just kind of a slump that I was going through. And, you know, my grades started to improve. You know, I really started to see like, yo, she has some really good qualities that could make her like, you know, wife material, you know, and, and being she's spiritual. She has a good head on her shoulders. She's not out here in the streets. You don't, you know, things like that. So, you know, I could tell she had a great upbringing and, and she she carried herself in that way, too. And it, you know, I respected her, but it, it, it rose my respect for her, my interest in her. And then, you know, I think when it, it really started getting tough and, and, you know, it really started coming out for me is when, you know, she was a year ahead of me. So she was going to be graduating and going on to graduate school and we were going to embark on this long distance relationship. And that was daunting to me. I had done a couple of times and it just never went well. It just, you know, communication failed, you know, issues arose, things like that. And so... It was at that point that I realized, like, man, I have these really strong feelings about this young lady. Like, I'm like struggling with seeing myself without her because I'm like fearful that if we go long distance, it won't last. Like, that would hurt. Like, I really enjoy, you know, fostering this relationship with her, building this relationship with her. Uh, and ultimately, that's what I ended up doing. You know, when it was time for me to then graduate and Hazel was there, and, you know, that's when I. And I don't want to lose that. So I think that's when it really started to come to fruition. Like she may certainly be the one that I'm going to ask the question to, you know, and I proposed to her, you know, and, and we, and she said, yes. So I think for me, it was just this, this, this idea of no longer wanting to do this long distance. I was really over it. I was over it from the mother relationships because it didn't go well. I was over it because I felt like Hazel had a lot to offer. She had a lot going for her. And I was like, this is not a person I just want in my life for a season. Like, I can see myself, me and her being together for more than just a season. And I was like, I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to let that, you know, just fade away uh, and let distance be, you know, it was hard. It was challenging at times, definitely. But we talked as much as we could. We stayed up late at night. I mean, she was on a different time zone than I was, you know, she was working and going to school, you know, in graduate school at that, you know, I was trying to still keep my grades good and up <laughs> and stay focused, although my mind and my heart was all the way in the Northeast where she was. So, I mean, that was, it was tough, but we, we, we powered through and I really think it helped build our relationship together. I really helped 
I really think it helped build our foundation together because we, you know, for me, I realized that it, this wasn't just some infatuation. This wasn't some just, you know, we're near each other, we're close to each other, and that's why we like each other. Like, no, she was so like hundreds of miles away, and I still felt like strongly for her. And it got even stronger as the distance widened. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think that 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 gulf between us, and I think that it's the saying that goes around and says, you know. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, distance makes the heart or absence makes the heart grow fonder, you know, or something to that effect. And I really felt like that was the case with us. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it was more of a catalyst than it was of of, of messing up our relationship at that point. Mm. Yeah. What do you what do you feel like was the one thing that kind of stuck with you as you were like preparing to like propose and then even after we got married? What was that one thing that you feel like stuck with you in terms of like how to have a successful marriage? I think definitely keeping God in the midst, like just being Christians in general. Prior to us getting together, we were both individually Christians and stuff like keeping that. And we used to have like worships together and um, things like that. So just keeping that foundational thing once again going even in the engagement phase, even in marriage, you know, keeping that spirituality in the midst, uh, keeping God in the midst, keeping God first. And I think another thing, I haven't really brought this up with Hazel before, but so this is kind of a (laughs) a hot thing, but I've always told myself that always be willing to change, always be willing to improve uh, or evolve or get better uh, and not just staying stagnant. Like I'm not a firm believer in that. So I'm always like reading something or doing something that I feel like can better myself. And the same goes for our relationship. I wanted that when we were dating, when we were just friends, like building up on that and just the, you know, it evolving and growing. And, and I wanted to bring that into our engagement and also into our marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the thing that stuck out for me, and I've said this to Emilio at times when we have had disagreements, but one of the things that stuck out to me was Pastor Man and what he said when we did premarital counseling with him. And I may not get it exactly the way he said it, but the the concept has stuck with me. And what he said was, when there, when your spouse speaks to you, hear them and don't allow that gap of hurt to put a wedge between you. So like when something, when you've done something to hurt your partner, hear them and and say, all right, what can we do to change that? What can we do to remedy that? And not allow it to be a situation where it's like you have a wound and instead of putting on the ointment and allowing it to heal, you continue to pick at it and pick at it and make it worse. Um, so that's something that I've, you know, kind of stood by in our relationship. And I feel like that's something that has stuck with me. And I also try to um, kind of instill in the, in the couples that I work with is that when you recognize that you've hurt your partner, when your partner says to you, you've hurt me, hearing that you know, not going into defense mode, but like actually taking a step back and hearing that and then being able to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. That's not, that's not my intent. My intent is to love you. My intent is to, you know, care for you. My intent is to grow with you and not to be this person that you feel like is constantly hurting you. So that's something that I've kind of taken and it stuck with me 
uh, as it relates to like our relationship and how I want things to be, um, you know, between the both of us and even what we teach our kids as, you know, they continue to grow and mature and, you know, eventually one day they'll have relationships. But even, you know, with the relationship that they have with each other as brothers, like if you hurt your brother, be okay with saying, I'm sorry, be okay with recognizing like, oh shoot, I hurt them. Like that was wrong. Let me go apologize for it. So yeah. Yeah. Ooh, what do you feel like has been a challenge for us in our relationship? And what are some lessons you feel like we've learned? I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. There's so many to choose. You want me to go first? Uh, no, I can go first. Okay. I think, you know, the challenges around understanding that, you know, when you get into marriage, it goes from that it's two separate entities and you're becoming one. And so, you know, as it says in the Bible to leave and cleave, I think the transition between, you know, leaving your parents and then cleaving to someone else, that all sounds great. But if you don't... <laughs> recognize what that truly means like you could say it out loud and read that text uh, and in theory feel like all right i got an understanding of it but like no there's like literal steps you need to take and that is setting you know what your relationship between your uh, the husband and the wife you know me and hazel would look like you know how does that uh, affect other relationships around you be it a parent siblings friends so I felt like that was a journey that we had definitely uh, early on. I feel like we're, you know, we're definitely turning the page on that, um, but it hasn't been easy. I think, you know, we've definitely grown. We've learned how to better manage different relationships as it relates to parents, be it a mother-in-law, father-in-law, be it a brother-in-law, sister-in-law, or, you know, I really haven't had any friend friend real issues or anything like that. It was more so family uh, dynamics, as they say, in the mental health world. So I think that was one uh, significant area. I think another one is just relating to one another. That might sound like, what do you mean relating to one another? I think, you know, you grow up and you're molded and shaped by your parents and the way you relate to each other is kind of how you learn like that's going to be majority, you know, majority of the time, how you relate then to other people, you know, in your other relationships, be it healthy, unhealthy. And so I think from, you know, just growing up in, in your household, growing up in my household, you know, we learn healthy ways of dealing with things, but then we also learn some unhealthy ways that then get brought into uh, your marriage. And so you really have to work on those things to really understand, like this person has a way of communicating uh, a way of feeling loved and appreciated, uh, and, and same goes for myself. And so how do we mesh that? How do we meet in the middle? How do, you know, how do I come on her side and meet her needs and how does she come on my side and meet my needs? So uh, I think that that, although in theory, that sounds like you can just get that down, you know, pat right away, you know, when you're in a dating phase and it's just like, no, like it really, it can evolve too. You know, when you, you get married, like it can change. Needs can change. It could look different based on where you are in your marriage and your life. So uh, I think those are two really big aspects that we had to juggle and understand and help each other grow in. Yeah. Yes, I definitely agree. I think in season one, I can't remember the specific episode, but we talked about that. Actually, it was the episode that I did with you. Um, 
we talked about you have to be mindful that when you say I love this person, I want to be with this person, you're also saying, all right, I'm I'm, I'm willing and able to uh, take on the extended family and all that that brings. Um, so I definitely agree that when you go from it's you and your family and you guys are used to doing things a certain way and now you're adding a new person to the mix, you as a couple, you have to figure out a way to kind of establish those boundaries around you as now a new unit um, and protecting yourselves as a new unit so that when, like Emilio likes to call it, these external factors, we don't allow these external factors to Im impact what's going on internally in our unit. So if you got mom popping off over here because she's upset that you don't talk to her as often as you used to prior to getting married or when you were single, now it's about like, well, what's, what are you guys as a unit okay with? So if the cutoff is we're not dealing with anyone on the outside world after 9 p.m. unless it's an emergency. So like someone's going to the hospital, someone's passed away, someone's injured, you know, like something like that, unless it's like an emergency, we've agreed as a unit, we're not, we're not dealing with any of that stuff. So those are things that you kind of have to work on and do it together um, or else there's going to be issues. Those external things are going to creep in. If you guys don't figure out a way to establish that that kind of foundation and those rules together. So I definitely agree with him on that with like the family stuff. And that's a whole separate conversation dealing with extended families and expectations and boundaries and all of that. Um, it's definitely a struggle. And then when you add kids to the mix, oh, it gets even more complicated. <laughs> Because everyone wants your time all the time and, and they want to have access to the kids and to you at all times. And it's like, well, we still have our own family and our own life and our own things going on over here. And we can't make ourselves available to you whenever you want that to happen. So yeah, definitely. I agree with that. All right. Um, so I guess the last question I would ask you is what what is maybe one or two tips you would give to like people who are dating, who are kind of like, you know in the single life and they're like, man, I just want to get in a relationship and I'm ready to settle down. What would you say to those people? Are those who are like newly engaged or newly married? What are two tips that you would give to them as they're kind of preparing to enter into that phase of like being with someone for the rest of their lives? I think the very first thing that just came to mind, I, I maybe I need to think about it, dissect it a little bit more or chew on it a little bit more, but it, it has to do with not losing sight of who the other person is in the midst of, you know, trials, because they're going to come, you know, hard times are going to come. But I think not losing sight of that person that you want, you first fell in love with, uh, the heart that they have, what drew you to them, and knowing that or keeping a, a more a positive outlook on that particular person and don't allow the trials and tribulations to change your outlook of that person. Because I feel like, you know, if you can really hold on to the fact that, you know, this person really loves me, they have a great heart and they, you know, they want to work things out. They want to get through this. They want to, you know, they want us to continue to succeed, you know, then holding on to those things about them, I think can really help you in those times where maybe, you know, it's a challenge. Maybe you have differences of, of opinion, maybe hard times have come. 
So just remember, because they're going to come, you know, and I feel like a lot of times we're not necessarily prepared for those hard times. Don't talk about necessarily the struggles that they're having in uh, marriage or engagement life and stuff like that as openly as maybe they should, you know, or could be. But I think when, you know, really holding on to those brought you guys together in the midst of those difficult times can really bode well. So I think that's one thing. Second thing for those who are single life going, I guess, thinking about it or wanting to cross over. Is that the question into? Yeah, just yeah, because I I mean, I feel like I feel like when you think about it, like it applies to whatever phase you're in. Like, for example, for me, I'm like, because at the end of the day, let's say like this person is no longer there anymore, whether the relationship ends, you know, if unfortunately they pass away and they're not there anymore, learn to love yourself. Mm, okay. And I feel like that's not something that you do when you're single, but you also need to do it when you're in a committed relationship or when you're married and you were solely relying on that person for their love to fill you up, then you're going to be completely empty if they're no longer there anymore. So get into a place where you are comfortable with loving yourself you're confident in knowing who you are because like i i have said before and you'll probably hear in the episodes to come is that it's really easy to lose yourself and lose even your relationship under the like pressures and possibilities of life or the pressures and responsibilities of being a parent so it's really important to get back to a place where you engage in some self-love and you get real comfortable in knowing who you are so that regardless of whatever your partner or other people out there might be doing, you're still okay and you're still taken care of. And I almost see it as, you know, I love myself and that fills me up and the love that I receive from Emilio and my kids, that's bonus. That's like surplus. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say as well is that, you know, I think, always communicate and be honest and real with your feelings and where you are. That might seem sound cliche is, but no, it's real. Like if you're having a moment where like something is triggering, you, <laughs> something is, is, is putting you off that this person is saying that you're in a relationship with, or it has nothing to do with them. Be honest about that. Be upfront. Let your significant other, let the person that you're in a relationship with in so that, they can know maybe they, it's a behavior or something that they themselves can change uh, or maybe it's something they can't change. Maybe it's outside of a relationship and maybe they can do something, though, that can make you feel better or make you feel heard or that, you know, I, you understand uh, what they're going through. But I think always communicating and I'm saying that more so for myself, you know, is that uh, I had to learn that. And I, I think I started off talking about that within this interview is that. You know, I wasn't always upfront honest with the young ladies that I was interested in growing up. Now, I was young, you know, timid and shy at times. And I had to learn the lesson of being real and upfront and honest with my feelings. But uh, or with family drama that's coming up or, you know, or whatever the case may be, I need to be honest with my significant other so that I think that that same lesson still applies to this day. I had to learn that lesson then, but it still applies to this day in our relationship and our marriage. I have to be real. If I'm feeling overwhelmed with the kids or with work, she's aware of where I'm at and, and she can meet me where I'm at and maybe even help me get out of that. Maybe not, but still she's in the know of what's going on. 
mm-hmm. uh, and not guessing. You know, I really, that's a pet peeve of mine. I really don't like guessing where someone is or guessing like what could have been a trigger or what's wrong. Because I, I could say something that's totally off the wall or totally wrong and it's not case at all, you know. So that's another big one. <laughs> the reason why I chuckled earlier while he was talking was because when he talks about like being transparent, being open and honest with your partner, I had a moment today where I was completely unraveled. <laughs> um, and I was, I, I had, I don't want to say I lost it, not in like a negative way, but I was just completely overwhelmed to the point where I became unraveled. I was just walking around and kind of like chest bumping him <laughs> and like tickling. I was just, I was all over the place, but I was able to very clearly communicate that to him so that he wouldn't then take offense to that. Like, oh my gosh, like why is she being so annoying or why is she trying to get out of my skin? And that could have, you know, led to like a disagreement or you know, like put us in a sour mood, but instead he was a good sport about it. He allowed me to like <laughs> chest bump him and tickle him <laughs> and bother and bother him until I was able to kind of, I guess, ground myself and pull myself together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with him on, you know, you want to be honest with your partner. And like I talked about in the episode with Melissa Callahan, I think that was um, keeping the romance alive in season one we talked about that, like the importance of over communicating with your partner. Sometimes uh, too much information is better than no information or limited information because you never want to leave the opportunity for you guys to start getting into a space of making assumptions because you could very much so be wrong. So definitely talking it out to each other will be helpful. So awesome. The tips that we have are uh, knowing how to love yourself and, and committing to loving yourself. We talked about being transparent, being open, and being honest, and learning how to work together to protect your unit, because that's what's most important at the end of the day. Anything else you wanted to add? No, thank you for doing this. I feel like it's it's great to talk about relationships and love and, you know, the beginnings and the middles and the ends, you know, and things like that. And I think, you know, what you're doing is great. I think also having black couples talk about their romance and their relationships is huge. I think we need more of that. So I just appreciate you allowing me the space to come on and and, and do this with you. Yes. So I 